I, I don't recognize that at all, actually. <laughs> it's the Chris Benoit theme. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, see, that's that's why I don't recognize <laughs> it very much. I would... Wow, that's embarrassing for you, Devin. That's that's the cold. Chris open. Benoit, really? Yes, the Chris that's Benoit. That's what you're gonna start with. I was like, if I the do most it... controversial thing in all of WWE. <laughs> Jimmy will have a reaction. James will have a reaction, and it will be a be funny open of the podcast. Like, <laughs> what's the podcast, everybody? It's original podcast. Do not steal a podcast word every week. I, Prince Devin, my co-host Amber Autumn, and occasionally just guests. And today that guest is. Uh, my name is James Pearson. That's right. Wonderful guest, James. Talk about a subject for a lengthy amount of time. Today we're finally doing professional wrestling because we've been teasing it the whole season. And we've recorded three of these back to back to back. So, James, if you'd like to talk about Oh my about god, it's a marathon today. <laughs> your history with it, what you like, what you don't like, that'd be wonderful. But first, we have to ingratiate you to the audience. So, hey, buddy, pal, friend of mine, what's something you think is overrated? And what's something you think is underrated? Oh, uh, you, you told me to think about this, too, and everything. And uh, something that I think is super overrated, I would have to probably say TikTok. <laughs> just Not just because, like, I don't enjoy, like, flipping through the short videos, like, it was Vines and shit like that. Just because, like, YouTube and Facebook shorts are better, in my opinion. Because some of them could just be longer. And a lot of the YouTube shorts have a lot of the YouTube you know, stars and stuff on them and it's everything like, you know, the typical guys that I would follow on YouTube that have more meat, I would say, of content. You're going to fucking ruin us with the Zoomer audience. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I just think that, you know, YouTube shorts and Facebook shorts are better than TikTok. That's one thing that's overrated, I think, a little bit. Underrated? Oh, underrated, right? Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> Oh, uh, one thing that's super underrated, uh, you know, it, you know, I might, I might, I just want to say wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I love I, that. I, I mean, but I, I can't even say that either, just because the community that it does have is just huge. You yeah. know what I mean? It's one of the most diehard communities that are, and it's what it's super divided too. On top of that, ah, there is. There is no taken wrestling that isn't a hot one, unfortunately, because the wrestling internet community is go all wrestling fans are smelly and have bad opinions. <laughs> I mean, I, I, that's me, one hundred percent. I am a smelly, bad opinionated person, of course. All right, well, that's great. That's wonderful, Amber. It's gonna be Jimmy and I talking, James and I talking for a long time. I'm sorry about that. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, you're all right. Like yeah. I said, you're one of the last people that could still call me that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just it's just been in the head for a long time. I'm, I'm trying to respect it for the honor purposes. Maybe I'll edit it out, but I probably won't because I go back and forth saying it real fast. But Amber, do you want to say anything before James and I just uh, get going, get the ball kicking off? You've learned things about wrestling today, hopefully. God, it's been... I know that this has been over the course of several weeks for everybody else, but for me, it's just all day hearing about wrestling. We've done one like kind of goofy WWE, slightly old-school wrestler, and one like very contemporary like cage match, bloody kind of a guy and so i'm excited to see what our what our third round is i don't know that i necessarily have a lot more to say about wrestling that i haven't heard already i am excited to hear the two of you go off about whatever third thing that i'm sure that you have in your back pocket um uh real quick unrelated um uh as a question for james uh how how did it feel to be a meme what was that like for you <laughs> um i was a meme a couple times actually I only know about the the Mayor Pete one. So the Mayor Pete one, yeah, that one was weird. I, <laughs> um, 
I, I just, I do remember that vividly. Like, I remember going to that little thing where he was talking to the class and everything like that. And it was, like, right after lunch. And I was... For the audience, in 2018, there was, like, this meme that went around of Mayor Pete giving this, like, speech to some high school in South Bend, Indiana. And everybody zoomed in on one guy in the front row, like, staring at the camera, <laughs> looking completely nonplussed. And we got that guy for the podcast today. We got that guy. <laughs> He's on our podcast right now. Yeah, that was it was really weird. You know, I mean, like I, I just remember everybody was talking about my shirt that I was wearing, and I still I dress the same way. You know, grungy little metalhead kid. I just, <laughs> really? Yeah, and I, that's funny. I'm wearing a sublime shirt right now, but <laughs> but yeah, I, I just remember the day I was like right after lunch, I was I was high because that's what I went to go do for my lunch, <laughs> and you could tell in that picture how fried I was, and he was sitting there talking just a bunch of bullshit. And I liked Mary P. I like Mary P. a lot, actually. And then, um, not to bring up politics or anything, uh, but everybody in the class was just asking, like, you know, what do you do in your free time? What does the mayor do throughout the day? Stuff like that. And then I was like, yo, what are you doing to make jobs around here? <laughs> <laughs> he gave me some workaround answer, and I was I was too out of it to really even pay attention to what he was really saying to remember. But then, yeah, what? Like, years later, Devin just hits me up and. He's like, dude, like you're blowing up on on what was it on Twitter? Was it on Twitter? <laughs> you were popping off on Twitter. You were... yeah, and like it, it, I had girls messaging me. Devin hooked me up with one girl. I was like, they were all from like California though, so I couldn't get anything out of it. But whatever, whatever. It was it was nice to get a little bit of attention. But that that's not the first time I became a meme. The first time I became a meme. I was working for Domino's, and it was another weed story. Actually, unfortunately. <laughs> um, it was like my favorite delivery ever. And it was like on 420. Brand. And I walked into the, this, I delivered this shit lady's house and she was like, hey, it's my birthday. Come on in and take some bong rips with us. And it's like flood of kittens came out at me. I, I love kittens. And then uh, I'm walking in, there's like this party going on. I'm sitting here ripping the bong and then they were taking pictures of me. I didn't realize it. And you couldn't see my face, uh, but like later on, I saw on Twitter with like a million fucking views. There was me with my Dragon Ball Z wristband on, fucking ripping a bong in my Domino's uniform and hat and everything. <laughs> so that's the first time I became a meme. You're like the archetypal like stoner meme guy. Kinda, yeah, yeah. I I've been likened to the "It's Wednesday, my dudes" guy. If you put like goggles on me, I kind of look like him a little bit. Just especially when I was a lot heavier. <laughs> we have Domino's bong rip and exasperated Pete talking man on the pod live for everyone. <laughs> Sorry to bring it up. I just it's the first time I've spoken to you since it happened, and I was curious. I'm just glad they're not like embarrassing memes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like I don't know, like like a Walmart kind of meme or something like that. Or I don't know, right. it's something embarrassing. I'm just glad it's not that. It's glad it's kind of just me being me, and that's what's that's what's funny to people. <laughs> it's endearing. It's endearing. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of endearing, okay. professional wrestling has ingratiated itself to both of our lives. You want to talk about it? Yeah. So wrestling started for me back when I lived in St. Louis because I was born there, and uh, back when uh, you know, my family went to church and everything. Uh, Randy Orton actually went to the same church that oh. I did. Yeah, and so did his dad, too. <clears throat> I never saw the guy, though. He'd only come around for Easter and Christmas. Um, and that's kind of like... He definitely feels like a <laughs> Easter <laughs> Christmas church only. Yeah, I know. He's dude. a really cool guy outside in the real world. He really is. Like, the two, three times I talked to him when I was old enough to remember. But his mom, uh, Mrs. Orton, was actually my Sunday school teacher. And okay. him and my mom will still keep in contact once in a while. So once in a while, I'll get random little 
Christmas cards from Randy Orton. That's, it's not from Randy Orton to me. Yeah, it's yeah, like his like, mom sharing it to my mom. But um, other than that, I have like no direct contact with Randy Orton. <laughs> some deep lore. <laughs> but that's that's how like my my coming into knowing of wrestling started like that. Yeah. And then you know me and my Bob would watch it once in a while like a raw or something on the tv and you know it was fun it was nice and everything and i started getting really into it around uh you know the attitude era and you know the uh the generation x you know the nwo era and stuff like that that but then um a little bit after that you know like uh the wool was pulled out from over my we were just talking about this they were wrestling uh i i realized wrestling was fake at that time i can't remember what did it for me i i just I'm blanking on that entirely what did it for me. But when I realized wrestling was fake, I just I didn't watch it from like 2008 to 2016, I want to say, or something like yeah. that. And then when I started working at Chipotle, um, I just had like a couple guys, like this friend there who um, would watch wrestling still every day. And he's like an old school guy. He watches back from the 80s and he hates new wrestling. He hates AEW. Is this, is this the friend you've talked to me about who's like a member of the Colt Accordant? Yes, yes, yes. He he worships Jim Cornette. That is the number one listened podcast on his thing. I love the guy, by the way. I love the guy to death. He's my best friend. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, he, he is definitely the uh, old school side of yeah. everything. But, you know, I would just come over to his house, you know, hang out. And he'd have some wrestling whatever thing on. I was like, oh, this is fake. This is bullshit or something like that. And then he told me, he was like, dude, just, just watch it like it's an anime. Yeah. And it clicked for me. I, and it just, it clicked for me. I'm like, oh, look at all these storylines and all these these cool freaking characters and everything like that. And I immediately, I was just, I was hooked. And then since, I want to say 2016, I watched pretty much every Raw. Most SmackDowns. I haven't watched SmackDown lately. I just don't have Fox. Yeah. Uh, NXTs, you know, almost every pay-per-view. AEW's been amazing lately so far. Um, I wouldn't say it's better or worse than WWE or anything like that. That's a whole other story. But... Uh, you know, and it's it. My my roommate, he's a professional wrestler. It's one of the uh, one of the local promotions, RCW, around here. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, Richard Wright is his name. Uh, God's favorite millionaire. All right. Uh, you could find him. That's that's his plug. I'm just helping buddy out. Uh, you know, and he and him and between him and my other friend James, his uh, his name is James as well. They have taught me a lot of the inside of wrestling, like the like how things are managed backstage, the the ego that a lot of these dudes had, which is why I refuse to go into because I would love to be a professional wrestler myself. Yeah. I just I can't I have too much of an ego trip. Um, you know, they tell me all the ins and outs, like how matches are structured and stuff like that. And you know, it's been really cool to see it from that standpoint. But I feel like they got too technical with it to where they can't fully enjoy just sit back and watch the show anymore. And I think I'm still in that middle ground. Like, cause I'm not the most super knowledgeable person about it at all. Um, in terms of like, you know, my two best friends right there, like one of them being an actual wrestler and one of them that can tell you wrestling facts from 1987 and tell you which Royal, who won the Royal rumble and who was number one, who was number two. He's one of those guys. Yeah. And yeah, ever since then, I just been watching the shit out of it, man. I just been enjoying it. Uh, this new, directions that the companies are going are kind of weird right now especially with wwe selling company and everything like that yeah, okay. <laughs> what a big bucket of worms that is but yeah there is like this two like it's like a metamorphosis of being a wrestling fan where you're a kid and it's just earnest straightforward one-to-one the thing i am watching is real life right and then you find out it's fake and then you develop a new appreciation for it as as storytelling as entertainment as the parables and mythology and all that good fun shit and that's both where we are i've told my history on 
record before, but I can go through it real quick for you. But I found out about pro wrestling because I was in Toys R Us with my mom. And she went, oh, look, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the thing. It's the NWO. And I went, what's the NWO? And she's like, it was, Hulk Hogan was like a bad guy, I think. And he spray painted the, th- I, <laughs> I'm just going to buy this for you and I'm going to play a DVD. And I saw half naked men fighting for belts that don't hold up their pants. And I went, this is the greatest sport of all time. <laughs> and I've never turned away from that take. It's, I, I also went through the like, this is fake. I don't want to watch this. And then one day I just turned it on. And I was like. This is fake. This is awesome. This is fake and awesome as <laughs> shit. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that aren't fake about it, of course. Like, you know, when they're getting slammed on the mat, when they're getting hit with the chair, you know, uh, those those are very real. You can't yeah. fake gravity. You can't fake falling nope. from the top of the cage, you know, like Mick, like Mick Foley was, you know, when he got thrown off the top of the hell in the cell. Uh, you can't, you know, you can't fake the shit that Jeff Hardy did. Nope. You know what I mean? Any of that shit. Yeah, you could say, oh, he kind of tried to land more with his belly on him, you know, like a splash or something. Like, yeah. That shit still hurts. I can tell you that shit all still hurts, and especially the holds. Yeah. You know, like the more technical stuff, the high flying stuff. All that shit hurts because when a dude's putting you in the fucking coquina clutch or the figure four or anything like that, they're putting it on full. You know, they're not trying to break your arm, but they are trying to hurt you so yeah. that you can sell, sell, sell. That's all it is, just selling all day. Heel, a good guy versus a bad guy, telling the story. It, it's it's the best. I, I think it is really one of the best. Yeah, I, truly, we can say that wrestling is fake and gay complimentary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good kind of fake and gay. <laughs> That's been the thesis of these three episodes so far. Wrestling is fake and gay, and we <laughs> love it. And that's awesome about it. You know, there, there's also a lot of bad spots about wrestling, too. You know, you can talk about, you know, like going back to the Generation X era, you know, they, they did a lot of cringy weird things like the whole stephanie mcmahon and triple h thing do you, do you remember that storyline i, I kind of don't even want to bring it up it's so bad <sighs> there's just it's it's a caveat of talking about wrestling at all for every wonderful moment you can be like remember when the when dx did blackface yeah 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 yeah, yeah they did <laughs> that too remember chris jericho was a baby face and his baby face gimmick was called stephanie mcmahon a slut every week yeah yeah the stuff with lita and you know the hardys and edge i hate edge um <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 that's but but that's one of the other great things. Wrestling's like anything and everything will literally happen. Unfortunately, somebody Fortnite. might have sex in the ring. You know, if you look back to the you know the edge edge and Lita days, for better <laughs> or worse. Bray Wyatt the Fiend can have a laser focused character dissection of John Cena that we all get to watch better. And for worse, he can have one of the worst Hell <laughs> in Cell matches with Seth Rollins anyone has ever seen. Yeah, well, no, I think I think that most recent match with The Fiend, with the, um, the, the Mountain Dew Blackout match, did you see that? I didn't see I, That I, was at the Royal Rumble. I heard Mountain Dew Blackout match, and I said, you can go fuck yourself. God, it was awful. God, it was awful. That's all I could think of. I love Mountain Dew Blackout. It's been out for a long time. No, Pitch Black. I'm sorry. That's the name of the Mountain Dew. It's been out for a long time, and I love it. Now I can't think of anything other than that awful match. Um, it was just like a black light match, and it was all cool and spooky. And then I can't remember his name. Mr. Howdy. Mr. Howdy is like his new side character thing that jumped off the top of the Jumbotron thing, and he missed him by a, a freaking mile. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> the, the sad reality about Bray Wyatt is he's one of the most creative minds in pro wrestling in a company that does not know what to do with him. And B, if you are in a wrestling promotion, it has to end in wrestling matches. And love you, Bray Wyatt. You're a fucking genius. Not the best wrestler when the bell rings. 
No, <laughs> no, you're right. He that's that's true. He's really not the best when the bell rings. I, I do love his promos though, and he is he is a hot sell. But yeah, I mean the fireflies is cool though. You know, don't yeah. get me wrong. Like that's that's another thing I love about wrestling as well as the pageantry. God, when you know, like I hate Hulk Hogan, not with not with the passion, of course, but you know when that music hits, you know you you are you do feel you, it. you feel it that you know when Stone Cold when the glass breaks, the, you, that the crowd just go. Pomp and circumstance is the best yeah. part. It, Randy Savage, literally, pomp and circumstance was a song and everything like that, and it was just you know the glorious, the sparkles, the Ric Flair with the giant robe and everything like that. Uh, yeah, the entrances are definitely like th- like a third of shout what, out, what shout I love. Out, shout out New Japan Pro Wrestling every time Okada does the Rainmaker pose and the camera does that fucking. Zoom yeah. <laughs> ah, it's the best when, uh, yeah. when Cody when Cody ascends and it says wrestling has more than one royal family. Pop every easy pop from me. I'm a Cody Mark. Are you really? I I, I love Cody Rhodes. Oh, we have a disagreement here. Kevin I, loves Cody Rhodes. I, he talks about it sometimes. Uh, Cody Rhodes. The whole Stardust thing happened, and I loved it more than I should have, and it was disappointed that he never got pushed. Mm. And watching him take a bet on himself not only revitalized my love for professional wrestling but was my intro to the indies to bullet club and new japan and mm-hmm. new japan per, new japan is an in indies but like all that the wider world of wrestling is something i found out because cody rhodes took a bet at himself and i wanted to watch it and it was like it was just one of the most inspirational things to me and we can argue about if if all of it is stayed if he stayed relevant he's able to maintain his babyface status but i'm always gonna love the guy uh-huh. no yeah he's definitely maintained his babyface status he's just not over like he needs to be right now and it was mostly just because of his move to aew you know that, that soured that wwe fans and then aew was hot on for a while but then it got so bad like they threw the belt back at him yeah I, I just <laughs> oh geez excuse me Every time he came out, he would uh, he would get booed so hard, yeah. so hey, hard, and he still gets booed so hard at hey AEW. <laughs> Cody solved racism. <laughs> Those are my favorite memes when they photoshopped Cody Rhodes next to like fucking Malcolm X. Ah, uh. <laughs> so so Amber, because I know you don't get this, and maybe there are other people who don't. Uh, Cody Rhodes had a feud with this guy who was like a former boxer whose name I don't remember who was British. And this was all right around like 2020, the George Floyd uprisings and all that good stuff. And Cody cut this promo where he's like, you British motherfucker, you didn't come here for your British dream. I'm sending you back to where you come from. And we all went, hmm, I don't. <laughs> I know you're like the American nightmare, but like maybe read a room you're you are violently blonde <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah badly blonde he, yeah he's trying to be he's right he's you know he's trying to do his dad justice and that's you know I, I, but his brother his brother is severely underrated especially you know it, like you can talk about his gold dust days or you can talk about his aew days either one god he was the best i mean maybe he didn't get like enough as a push as a very serious wrestler when he was gold dust but like Goldust made you feel something, even if it was kind of like it, it was a different time and people weren't literally into the erogenous thing, you know. But God, I, I loved Goldust. Like, he was a great wrestler. He was one of the safest wrestlers, one of the most respected and yeah. or respected. And when he went over to AEW, he just was able to blossom as yeah. Dustin Rhodes, one hundred percent. I think they should have pushed him more to be the prodigal son. You know what I mean? Uh, not so much Cody. It's just, I think it was so much because Cody just looks so much like his dad and his dad. I, I'm sorry to say is I don't think he was that great of a wrestler. That is a hot take. I think he is one of the best mics, one of the best mouths in all of wrestling for sure. That whoa, 
baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? This I, I can't I can't do a good Dusty Rhodes, but I yeah, he was a good he was great on the mic. But as a wrestler, eh, eh, I, my friends are gonna hate me for this, but eh, he was all right. This this boils down to truly like a I don't I don't know philosophical is the right, but like defining your terms like it, is a wrestler just someone who makes money right who can get you to buy the ticket or mm. is a wrestler someone who can make you feel something and those both and both answers are correct and valid and mm. it just comes down to individually what do you like more i personally don't give a shit if you make <laughs> money i just want to feel something when watching the match and that's another part of the reason cody Rose is my favorite i my dream match is cody oldest three because i want it so bad i was there live but that fucking that match between cody and dustin on the first pay-per-view is First six star match either of them got if you're someone who cares about the Dave Meltzer star systems, but it was it was the one that made me cry. I fucking <laughs> ah that match was beautiful. They ble- <laughs> the Rhodes family will bleed for your sins. Yeah, yeah, he will bleed like a stuck pig. And, yeah, and him sh- and him and John Moxley. Yeah, and shout out to Dustin real quick. He's one of the few wrestlers who's gotten just more technically fluid with age. Like my fuck. Just remember when he was Black Rain in TNA? I don't. It was awful. <laughs> I don't remember that, no. It was it was like some of his, per, like, lowest from a career standpoint and just, like, personal. He was, like, fighting with drug addiction. He was overweight. He couldn't move for shit in the ring. And now he's just so smooth and graceful. Shout out to you. Shout out to you, Dustin Rhodes. A true, just wonderful person. He bleeds like a Rhodes. That's, that's for sure. His most recent match that I just watched, God. Like, he, he had, like, red face paint on on one side of his face. Yeah, like he usually does. And... Like, throughout, at some point in the match, he starts bleeding, and you're like, God, he's bleeding a lot. Oh, no, that's just red face paint. But then at near the end of the match, you can tell that all the face paint was gone. It was gone. It wasn't there, and it was all just blood everywhere. He was wearing a whole mask. God, it was, oh, God, it was awful. But, uh, yeah, uh, what makes a good wrestler? That's a, that's a really good question. Uh, is it somebody who makes you feel something, or is it somebody who can put asses in seats and like you said, yeah, both answers are true. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, it is a business. You know yeah. what I mean? They, have, they do have to put asses in seats or this thing just isn't going to happen at all. But yeah, if, if I can't feel anything from this wrestler, then I just I just don't care. There's so many good wrestlers out there who I just don't care because I don't feel anything yeah, from there, them. There's a reason one of my favorite Cody promos was when uh, – it was. do you remember the, the Bullet Club is Fine storyline? Not entirely. It was when it was when Cody and Kenny were like fighting for the leadership of a uh, Bullet Club, and Cody cut this pro when he was like, "When was the last time a Kenny Omega match that didn't have Okada in it made you feel something?" And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Cody, are you my are you my husband? Are we gonna?" Kill now? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, and 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 getting wrestled to have you feel something. It's very different. Like I'm I'm the only person I know who's a huge Nick Aldis fan. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're same. You're you're the only person I know who's like all this fan. I mean, he wasn't really any on my radar, honestly. <laughs> and it, it mostly boils down to I have daddy issues, and he seems like a really good dad. Yeah. <laughs> but there's this there's this one John Cena promo. It was it was when Kevin Owens first got brought up from NXT, uh, and John's cutting this promo, and they're talking about like the catchphrases and shit, and how Kevin hates it. And the the bit that got to me, and whenever I think about it, I still get goosebumps. Because John Cena is talking about these aren't catchphrases; these are words that have defined my life. And when I say them, I and he notices some kid in the crowd, and he points to it and goes, "I mean it to the kid with the sign that says I'm fighting cancer." And John turns away from Kevin to look at the kid and go, "You never give up." And that's from John Cena. I swear to God. And I think about that. I'm like, oh, what a <laughs> fucking moment. Yeah, John Cena. That that's something he can have a whole podcast about. I mean, not only is he, uh, yeah, the locker room for one says that for pound for pound, he is the strongest wrestler of all time. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, I think you can make the argument with Cesaro or, or Tyler Bate, you know, the big, strong boy. But Todd Cena is one of the strongest wrestlers in that ring. He's one of the safest, you know, and no one ever complains about wrestling with him, except CM Punk, of course. Uh, you know, he was... he was Who Vin- complains about everything. Who complains about everything. Uh, he was, you know, Vince McMahon's lapdog, but, like, in a good way. Like, he got the job done and everything like that. He was great on the mic. He was a great wrestler. And, and on top of all that, he is one of the most genuinely best people in the world. Because like, he has the record for, like, most Make-A-Wish Foundation yeah, it's, wishes it's, fulfilled. It's, it's like, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but, like, let's just say he's a 1,000 at number one, and the person behind him is, like, 800. It's insane it's how insane. many Make-A-Wishes he, he, He's donated so much. He's, he's a philanthropist, 100%. And, um, he's on every commercial now. Uh, <laughs> same thing with, like, The Rock. You know, just a meteoric rise. I wouldn't say The Rock as much as the, the philanthropist. But, uh, yeah, John Cena. I mean, I mean, I, he, all of his gimmicks just worked. Do you remember his word life gimmick? I love that. I love that as a kid. He would come out and do the rap and everything like that. Um, that's why I love the acclaimed right now so much. Uh, they, they come out and they do the rap. Who else did the rap? Uh, there was another. There was another tag team that did the rap. Fucking. No, Crime Time just stole stuff. Yeah, they just stole stuff and hawked it on him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but uh, wrestling too. It uh, it spans like other generations, like not generations, other communities as well as like it, um, like the gaming community, especially not just because there's wrestling video games, but like Kenny Omega when he came out in New Japan dressed as the uh, I can't remember who he was from Final Fantasy. It was, but uh, it was Sephiroth. Sephiroth. There he goes. I'm just not a huge fan of Final Fantasy yeah. fan. Uh, Sephiroth. Uh, you know, when you talk about the New Day when they came out dresses like Dragon Ball Z and stuff like that. That's yeah. bringing in the anime and the gaming community and everything like that. Yeah, Xavier Woods has his all up, up, down, down gaming channel. Right, and then they have special guests like you know Bad Bunny that brings in you know a whole other community that can come in. Uh, they it it really does. It you know even like um, Amber, you know like what what wrestlers can you name like right off the top of your head? First three wrestlers that come off the top of your head. Just like any three wrestlers in the world. Yeah, just the first three off the top of your head. The first three wrestlers I think of, I said it in the first episode, are John Cena, Dave Batista, and The Rock. Yep, see, I mean, you know, everybody pretty much knows those names. Uh, Hulk Hogan, yeah. too, as well, as well. Like, everybody, people who don't even watch wrestling, people who've never seen a wrestling in their life, they hear those names, they know those names. Um, they span in the movies, you know, like Dave Batista does, The Rock does, and stuff like that. Most people can do a Macho Man Randy Savage impression. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know, I know, I know Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage as well. I'm aware of absolutely, them. absolutely. Uh, it, you know, it just, it, it's just a, a thing that's in this world that's that's yeah. very it's, relevant. It's it's a wonderful art form, and I say this not on any of these, but I've said it before in the past, and like things I've written wrestling is malleable it is like water it will take on the shape of whatever you put it in so a death match technical fucking d- dumb what are they uh, cinematic matches all of these fall oh, under... those are awful <laughs> no those are awful I, lo- I loved the the final deletion stuff all of that was fun but they all fall under the blanket of wrestling so uh, jimmy james and i can and will do this for a long time amber are there any kind of like directions like pointing us in something you'd like to know that would help make an oc here so here's something that i because uh, my my formula for all three of these episodes so far has been like sit here and listen to the two of you and see what it seems like our special guest is interested in wrestling-wise in this particular episode. And something that, correct me if I'm getting this wrong, but the vibe that I'm getting from you is that you're really interested in a wrestler who you can get emotionally invested in, um, someone who the audience can like, maybe like a baby face, no, uh, right? I, I, um, I, I don't mean to cut you off there, but uh, I no, love the heels as well. Like, that's that, 
Okay. You could be some of the best wrestler and be a heel. I mean, it's all about, you know, getting the heat or, or getting the pop. Uh, you know, like, I oh got some great heels that I love. I mean, Macho Man. Macho Man was a great heel in himself. Macho Man was a great heel. Uh, you loved to hate him. Ric Flair was a great heel. Like, you just love to hate. Uh, Baron Corbin today, I love to hate Baron Corbin. Edge is not a great heel just because I genuinely have a hate for Edge. Why, why do you but hate Edge so he, much? He fucked Randy Orton a couple times. Um, <laughs> but I genuinely hate Edge. Uh, but uh, who, who else? Who's, who's some good, genuine, like, uh, good heat? Uh but, like, in a good way, because, like, you, you want to see the bad guy lose. You want to see the bad guy kind of get his comeuppance and stuff like that. You want to see the good guy win. But when they keep having the bad guy win and over and over and over again, it just makes you want the good guy to win so much more. Yeah. And then sometimes, eventually, the bad guy just, just goes over the moon like Roman Reigns right now. Um, other than him just beating Sami Zayn, he, he's always been a baby face until he became this bloodline thing. Uh, uh, and then he's supposed to be a heel, but he's too over. People still like him too much. You know, I mean, it's like John Cena could never be a heel because people still like him too much. Randy Norton can never be that heel he used to be because people like him too much now. Yeah, the, there becomes a point in being a heel where you've just been around for so long that you, everyone loves you too much to really give you those good yeah. moves. Yeah, yeah. Shout, shout out Brock Lesnar if we're just talking about heels. I fucking early heel Brock Lesnar when the crowd didn't love him as much as they do because he's great <laughs> when he was beating up that paraplegic. <laughs> Yes, yes, uh, yes. Uh, he, he he's a good heel as well. I'm I, I'm sorry, Amber. I didn't mean to cut you off right there. In that no, no, you're like right to do it. But you are definitely interested in like characters who are like mythical in some way. Characters who have, um, I don't know, that sense of audience connection to them. Um, I would say yes. I mean, some of the best wrestlers too are, um, you know, people who are just themselves too, like uh. Oh, God, why am I blanking his name? I've been talking about him all day. Mox. John Moxley. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's one of the people who are, yeah, he's just genuinely themselves in the ring. Uh, it's not really so much a care. Maybe an exaggeration of himself. Yeah, it's, it, it, you turn the volume up on who you are, just like it. Yeah, and sometimes that is the best the best kind of person. Like The Undertaker, when he did the badass thing, uh, that was him times 10, and that's one of his best gimmicks. I mean, I, I still love the big brooding, you know what I mean, and everything like that. But one of his best gimmicks was when he was just the badass. And you're just being himself on the Harley with a bandana, just coming in, kicking ass. Coming out to Kid Rock. <laughs> coming out to Kid Rock. Yeah, yeah his, his interest thing was kind of sucked a little bit. Uh, MJF. MJF, God, that is the best heel right now. Like, the most, the best heel. I hands down, probably going to be the best heel of all time, just the way he's going. You just want to see him get punched in the mouth so much. and you lo- He's such a good fucking wrestler, too. He's so good. He's so good on the mic. He knows just what to say to get you pissed off at him a little bit. And and he knows how to ride that, like, line of being offensive to where it's like, I am not disgusted, but I am truly, like, upset in my core. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, okay, fuck this guy. You know, <laughs> who else is a good heel? Zack Sabre Jr. And it's it's very subtle. It's just the way he'll slap you in the face. And I go, I, you, you scummy <laughs> motherfucker. That is the most disrespectful yeah. thing. yeah. Yeah. Um, oh my God, I think some good other heels. But yeah, it's 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 you know it's that typical like anime storytelling thing, good versus evil kind of thing, or or anything like that. You always want to see maybe the good guy come up and the good guy, the bad guy, just might just come up, you know. And they are able to play with your emotions in such a good way that I don't think even regular storytelling can be done with uh, in terms of TV and stuff like that. Because when you're doing that, you gotta. 
like say you're making a show like a sitcom or something you got to stay to like a, a, a script a, a box you got to stay in your little box whereas in wrestling literally anything will happen yeah. you know what i mean it come from somebody coming in and interrupting the match and costing somebody the title to the gobbledygooker you know you, you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> that for amber that's not just sounds James made with his mouth. That was a real thing that happened. <laughs> it was a countdown It's almost to... funnier if it is just sounds. <laughs> I, w- I want to say to, to SummerSlam? I want to say uh, it was like it was building up to SummerSlam. They had like this egg and they were like... Or, or maybe it was like one of the Thanksgiving events. I, I'm having a hard time. It was a giant egg and they kept asking, what's inside the egg? And then it hatched and it was a man in a giant turkey suit <laughs> called the Gobbledygooker. Gobbledy it was hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm, that's one of the awful parts about wrestling but it's one of the things that can will happen yeah again the best and the worst things can happen in professional wrestling but i feel like the wellspring of the idea we want to tackle for an oc here is definitely like big investment from the audience going forward yeah yeah okay which i i i'm feeling like we want to face here personally just on the way the conversation is going I, and also we did a couple of heels in the last couple yeah i'm i'm in agreement with amber here i feel like we want to we want to face and just uh, for sake of like we made two heels last time let's make a face this time so jimmy what's the james what's something that gets you invested what's what's the thing you look for to really like you know, get that adrenaline pump and really feel what they're saying in wrestling yeah Oh, God, I mean, it's always got to be in the inflection and the emotion of what they're saying. I mean, the words are important, too, of course. But, I, you know, I just got to have a story that just makes sense that you – I don't know. It's really hard to say. I, <laughs> I apologize for stumbling. Uh, that's something okay. that really gets me invested. I don't know. They just got to be in it. You just got to – they got to make you – like, I know it's fake at the end of the day, you know, but you got to make me say it's real to me, damn it, when I hear those words. You know what I mean? It's real to me, god damn it. Um, Do you have a, like, any – a sense of a preference between, like – like, we've talked about wrestlers on a couple ends of, like, the like the verisimilitude spectrum, right? Like, you've got John Cena – we talked about for a while who's basically like like we said it's him with the volume turned up right um versus you know the gobbledygooker like which i know we brought up as an example of something that's kind of dumb but obviously there are a lot of wrestlers who have very big gaudy gimmicks um and do, do you have a sense of where along that spectrum you prefer your wrestlers to be uh i, I love it all i know that's that okay. makes it harder to work with but no, I, that's okay. I, I do love it all like like Ultimate Warrior is a great example of like a big gaudy gimmick, you know, just a big, larger than life guy who came out with the tassels and just struck the ropes and wow, you know what I mean, with the face paint. And then there's also people like Ricochet who's just you know wearing tights and just flying off the top ropes like it's nobody's business, you know what I mean? Uh, it's incredible how much more of a superstar he was in Lucha Underground where mm-hmm. they never let him talk. Mm-hmm. 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 Exactly. Okay, then maybe instead of which of those do you prefer, let me ask you, which of them do you think it would be more interesting for you to, like, create a wrestler in? You know, I, I, every time I always would play the WWE games, I would uh, always make a wrestler, and his name would always be Jay Ricardo. <laughs> I, right. I know that That's like a weird... great place to start, actually, genuinely. <laughs> I'm sorry, my, my earpiece keeps coming out. No, no, take it down. Uh, yeah, Jay Ricardo has always been kind of like my little thing, and I've always kind of had like a piratey thing. Going on just because I love pirates, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, that's just what I'm doing in a video game just to shoot the shit. Um, 
God, I never really genuinely thought about. I always thought like more of my character if I was actually did join wrestling with my roommate. Uh, just be you know that big guy in the ring, you know that. Yeah, that face, but kind of like that, just that that big motherfucker that you saw come in and there, and the crowd would chant, "He's gonna kick your ass," you know what I mean? God, that's just one of the best ones. Okay. So probably just me turned up to 10 would probably be my character, honestly. But his name would be Jay, Jay Ricardo at the end of the day. Jay Ricardo, we can we can explore the one that is you turned up to 10. But the things I latched on to were big man, so Hoss and Pirate. I haven't seen a lot of Hoss and Pirate wrestlers. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I think I, I grabbed both of those things, too. I think it's a really interesting com- combination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I've just always been just, you know, a genuine just mark in a sheep of wrestling i mostly liked most of it you know what i mean even the the crazy shit that happened in wcw you know the high flying of AEW, the big beefy stuff of wwe and you know the one thing i do want to say though is that like one thing wwe could do better is like not wwe i'm sorry AEW can do better is like i'm just absolutely women's division yes exactly we were thinking the exact same thing it's just it's appalling i'm floored by how well i'll undeveloped it is how little storylines there are and how little people there are in general how little women are a part of the division at all like you never see people like nyla rose anymore and she was great uh, uh brit baker they just like slammed into the dirt you know she was doing good until you just shoved her down your throat over and over again chris statlander is gone entirely pretty much uh or she is she's on dark i don't watch dark too much i, don't watch dark. I thought she was out with an injury I could. I, she might but, be. But the, the, the fact that I don't know in my brain if she's out with injury or if just, the, the, the women are consistently an afterthought when it comes to AEW. Consistently. I mean, even even true so with uh, WWE, but not they, they still have a lot more. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, AEW could not put her on a women's elimination chamber. No. no but WWE not. could, but they're shoehorning a couple of those girls in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, tag teams with the women. Yeah, women's, women's wrestling definitely needs to come up more. It's come a long way since the bra and panty matches back in the day. You know what I mean? But it, it it could definitely have more of a spot. It's better than it used to be. That's not an excuse to keep improving. Like Becky Lynch, one of the best. Uh, like, I love Becky Lynch. Did you see that uh, promo that she had with Seth Rollins on? Uh, it was uh, Seth Rollins coming down dressed as a Joker, and uh, Becky Lynch was like, "I'm the man. I'm the man. <laughs> like I'm Batman." It, it was great. I love Becky Lynch. Big ups to the man. Big ups. But yeah, Hoss. Okay. Yeah, go on. So, um, the, here's, here's the, here's the concept that I came up with based on all of the things that you just said. Um, so if we think that the AEW women's league is underdeveloped, then what if we have, uh, a, a women's wrestling wrestler, um, we give her both the big, we give her both the pirate thing and the like built like a fucking tank engine uh, stack of bricks angle. I'm thinking like, I'm thinking like, give her a gentle giant thing, sort of like a Fezzik from Princess Bride. I don't know how much that lines up with Andre the Giant's actual wrestling persona, um, which is why I said Fezzik specifically. But like, uh, she still gets to be called Jay Ricardo because it's just a J that's gender neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get her to be like, fucking huge but also like beloved by the audience by virtue of just absolutely being a sweetheart to everyone outside of the ring and being like obviously very caring um but also like an ox absolutely able to body anybody who comes in contact with her a weight class of her own all i can think of is china 
<laughs> I was gonna say a Jordan Grace, but personality of classic NXT Bailey, who is also a pirate. Bailey, pirate? No, it was just because. Oh, who is also a pirate? Well, Eo Eo <laughs> Sky. Uh, no, no, Kyrie. Yeah, Kyrie. Oh yeah, Kyrie Sane is the pirate princess. Kyrie Sane is the pirate princess. Yeah. Uh, God, I haven't seen her in a while. Where's she been? Where has she been? <laughs> oh, didn't she go? Yeah, she went back. She went. Back, she went back to startup, but is having wonderful. God, fucking. We said it before on this podcast, but startup. I don't think I've. If you want to see women fight for their lives, <laughs> watch Stardom. It's incredible. Is that like a Japanese? Yeah, it's a it's a Joshi promotion. Mm. One of my favorite moments was um I can't I can never remember her name, but her tag partner is just getting the shit rocked out of her, but she's just on the top of her going, sing along. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, the wrestling over in Japan is a lot different. Uh more <sighs> brutal. But at the same time, not so much, because, uh, you know, you, you see wrestlers in Japan, they last a lot longer, yeah. a lot longer. I and mean, it's because most of the things that they're doing to each other is superficial, like, like you know, hitting, uh, I don't know if you ever see that match where uh, Takashi went uh, down the steps, like the steel, like the, like, concrete steps and yeah. broke his neck on his way down. Uh, they're, they're crazy over there, but their longevity is a lot better because they're not doing as much high-flying stuff. They, they're not doing as much slams. They hit hard, but they hit hard in soft spaces, unless you're Naito. Yeah. <laughs> unless you're yeah. Naito. Yeah. <laughs> in which case, you hate your yeah. own neck. Or uh, what's his name, Inoki? Um, he, I, mean, I could be botching the name entirely. He had, like, the, the checkered pattern on his head when he came on to AEW recently. You mean Suzuki? Was it Suzuki or is it Inoki? I... Do, I can't remember him, but he's a crazy motherfucker. He, he is a crazy motherfucker. He'll eat you. Like, he literally has that face like he's going to eat you. <laughs> oh, God. Fucking, uh, Japan. They know how to do fucking wrestling. It's wonderful. So, anyways, uh, Jay... What was the last name? Jay Ricardo. Jay Ricardo, our brick shithouse pirate woman who's just a sweet pea. What else do we need to know to have a character that feels good? I'm interested in the sim racing community. <laughs> You're interested in the one? The sim racing community. I know it has nothing to do with wrestling or even characters at all, but that's just another one of my interests. Maybe <laughs> maybe getting to know what my interests are other than wrestling might help you out with that a little bit. <laughs> it might. It may, it may come back in. We may reincorporate it. Um... I, there's a lot of unknown unknowns in wrestling for me, but I'm wondering, like... You feel free to ask. Maybe about, like, kinds of matchups that she gets, or, like, storylines that we would want to give our character, that kind of thing. See, booking is the hardest thing that I've, I've never been able to do fantasy booking very well. Like, when, when people are sitting here talking, um, when I'm having a conversation with someone, like, well, what do you think is going to happen next in this match? How do you think they're going to book this next? I was just like, I don't know, man. Let's just watch what happens. You know what I mean? Even in the games when you do the manager stuff, uh, I would always lose. <laughs> so I'm going to use a few terms, and hopefully they make sense by the end of it. But Amber, I'm curious about your take on this, because when booking a brick shithouse, a giant, it's hard to make them like the sympathetic figure. It's hard to have them sell, because mm -hmm. just visually there's so much more uh, impactful than their opponents. So if the bit is that she's bigger than everyone else. How do you make that sympathetic to an audience? And so, Amber, what what is your idea for that? You know, Piper Nevin is kind of a a big, sympathetic, you know, brick house. You know what I mean? Um, 
you know, that, that powerhouse. And, uh, yeah, Nyla Rose is the same, same thing as well. She was that, that big girl who just come in and just knock everybody down, knock everybody, get everybody out. Uh, yeah, I think that would be, like, the closest two I could think of. I followed Piper Niven more on the Indies when she was the Atomic Barbie, and she would just beat the shit out of people. Was that her name on the Indies? <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was one of her catchphrases. It was, it was like Viper. It was Viper or something. But, yeah, her gimmick was a, a, top, a bombshell Barbie. She just beat the shit out of people. <laughs> wasn't, uh, wasn't Dewdrop who got <laughs> bullied by fucking Eva Marie. Yeah, yeah, that, that whole thing happened. Uh God, WWE just likes to show their NXT talent a lot. WWE love a sympathetic giant. They <laughs> they love it when Kane can't talk and he has to use the fucking you hurt Xbox. You hurt me. Okay, so here's my here's my two part plan for making a giant character lovable and sympathetic. It's a it's a two point plan that's been used by every movie since the dawn of time to achieve this goal, and I'm hoping to make use of it here as well. Um, point one, um, make her dumb. Um, she's not very smart, or at least she performs not very smart while wrestling. Um, uh, and you can tell when she's on stage. Uh, it is not difficult to outsmart her. Point two, um, pair her up with somebody. Um, who she gets to react with. I don't know if, like, teams wrestling happens or if it's all in storyline stuff that you, like, match her with another wrestler who she, like, interacts with all the time, who is, like, her partner. And either that person is a heel and they're, like, using her because she's not very smart and then we get to have her do and say and act very sweet things next to this heel. Like, she doesn't understand what she's being used for and the audience feels bad that she's being used in that way. Or um, we uh, pair her up with another face and we get to see her, like, like striving for goodness next to this face and trying to help out but like maybe being kind of bumbling about it and um we get a very sense of like oh bless her heart she's trying sort of a thing like one of those routes that's oh. my that's my first idea um typically when you got like a tag team going on with a like a bigger person and a smaller person what they tend to do is they yeah they're both faces at first but then at some point one of them tries to have a, like a power struggle uh, or one of them starts falling behind uh, and they start having like an internal conflict with each other. And that's usually the storyline that we get out of those. And then one of them has to turn heel at some point. Yeah, if WWE has taught us anything when it comes to tag team wrestling, it's there's no such thing as friends nope. uh, and you'll fight. I will say if we're doing an AEW person, they don't break up tag teams as much. Yeah, so what if it's what if it's an inverse of that where they're both heels and then one of them and then she does a face turn at some point? Um that happens too. It usually doesn't work as That's, well just okay. because going from heel to face is a little harder than going from face to heel. It's so easy to be a heel. It really is, but it's so hard to get the love of the crowd to want to cheer for you and think you're the good guy. Um, to be fair, when making an OC, we can just say, and it works. Like, <laughs> it works we don't have to worry about actual people and their actual reactions. <laughs> right, this is this is where her being dumb comes into play. Yeah. She's like clearly being used by the other character, by the other heel on the team. Didn't Alexa Bliss and... Um... And I had Jax have like kind of a thing like that kind going of on. Like that. So my my uh, this is it has been trotted around before. So I think the thing that happens is we do a 
double babyface turn and come end of it, both of them have seen the light. And possibly by just the unbridled earnestness and big dumb energy from our uh, favorite brick shithouse pirate girlfriend, our dastardly heel also wants... She's seen the light firsthand and now wants to follow in Jay... Oh, I love that. I Ricardo. Jay Ricardo. Jay Ricardo's path. That's so cute. <laughs> oh, it works. I, I feel good about that. No, it works. Okay, in which case, obviously, the, my follow-up is that um, the our, our other character is... We have her do a pirate captain thing and Jay Ricardo is doing a first mate thing. I, I can, that's a, that's, that's a book, book it. I dig it. Book it. Book it now. Book it now. Book, book, book it, it now. It. Book it, now. <laughs> book it. On, you coward. All right, so we've got a storyline. We've got, uh, we've got a vibe. We've got an outfit. Are there any other things that need to click into place to have this feel good? Or are we, how are we feeling? Well, we obviously need music for them to get played on to. God, entrance like music the hardest question ever every question that i've asked you so far has been the hardest question for you <laughs> I'm, I'm a very indecisive person um, <laughs> <laughs> oh god um there's the cop out of going in-house music but i feel like AEW are more willing to spring for like actual songs they are people know. they are see a punk a cult of personality uh orange cassidy has uh jungle boys got whatever it is i can't remember whoa, whoa. yep 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 uh my song though you know i always i always knocked around with you know uh oh that song by event sevenfold oh fuck, what song is that? nightmare nightmare that's always been a good one um but you know if i if i got the full on pirate theme i would have to say rose tattoo by the dropkick murphys have you ever heard that before? It's kind of a piratey song that I would say fits me a little bit more. Uh, what's the okay? What's that one? Hose and wine. Hose and wine. <laughs> I only know the cover of it from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, but it's like drink, drink. I want more hose. <laughs> no, I don't hose. think I've heard that one. It's, it's by a fucking like pirate heavy metal band. That was just the one I have. I'll I accept yours is good. I just wanted to throw that out before we got done recording. Yeah, I think yours sounds good. I haven't heard it, but I reckon you probably know better than I do. My music taste is not that cool. Music is an art, and everybody's opinion on it is cool. Thank you. That's that's my that's my little gem I'm dropping for today. That's good. That's good. We will, we will. If I continue to do highlights, that'll make it in. So yeah, guys, are we feeling are we feeling good? This feels pretty right to me. I have the vision. I like it. All right, cool. I like I like her a lot. Are we on to one fun fact apiece? I'm up for one fun fact apiece. All right, we're on to one fun fact apiece. What's one fun fact apiece? Okay, so one fun fact apiece. <laughs> <laughs> to really round out the character, we each go around and give them just one fun fact. It could be serious, it could be silly, it can be as broad reaching as you want it to be. Just something to, <laughs> something to really give like that extra layer of dimensionality to really feel like a, like a full character, you know? Uh, one fun fact that my character has is that she has an extra finger on each hand, and the commentators won't ever shut up about it, saying that her grip strength is much stronger than everybody else's. Do you see? She's able to grab the other opponent so easily because of 11 fingers, or 12 fingers. <laughs> Something like that. There you go. She's got 12 fingers. Got 12 fingers, all right. <laughs> that was just off the top of my head. The grip strength. 
uncontested. <laughs> what is it going to take to put away this giant minted woman away? I think my fun fact is that she's a current AEW wrestler and is very vocal about being sad that Smiling Kylie Ray is no longer on the AEW roster because she really wanted to tag team with Smiling Kylie <laughs> That's my fun fact. Yeah, that wouldn't work. That, that would work. I like that. Amber? Can you say a couple words to me about AEW and what distinguishes it from other? That's hard. Other. So promotion. I think I think when I think AEW, I think it understands placating to a more internet, like hardcore wrestling mm-hmm. fan base, and the thing that they are very good at is under- the marks. Yeah, mm-hmm. is understanding that wrestling is like metropolitan ice cream. There's a flavor for everyone, so their pay per views will go from a hardcore match, a cinematic match, a old school kind to of the orange cassidy match. orange juice right. pool match yeah to just they're they're very good at putting on a variety of shows they're very in tune with like what a hardcore wrestling fan likes it's it feels like a indie promotion with a high budget and mm-hmm. the, the, the okay this is another thing that aw is very good at is like wwe pretends that the rest of the wrestling world does not exist and that is never something aew asks you to do and in fact like the Hangman Adam Page storyline about his uh, self-loathing. The, he doesn't believe in himself, right? He, he's about a self-doubt, right? He's mired by self-doubt. And that, that story is furthered once you know the history he had in Bullet Club and being what everyone called just like the other member of Bullet Club. So it rewards that kind of hardcore investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, WWE absolutely refuses to talk about other promotions. Like when they had the Generation X... Uh, reunion re- lately they didn't have Billy Gunn yeah. uh, and, and they said that they would take Billy Gunn they were just uh, Tony Khan had one stipulation You, they have to let him say he, AEW at least yeah. once and they refuse it entirely whereas you have people like Mark Henry and stuff who keep their name their music their gimmicks their everything yeah. and they'll even say WWE on AEW they'll say New Japan Wrestling on AEW and stuff like that they'll say CZW and shit like that those other promotions uh yeah, so WWE has always kind of been like the big monopoly. Yeah, does that help you yeah. kind of get more feel for AEW? Yeah. Okay, so um, then bringing it full circle, um, my fun fact is that AEW um, encouraged her to start posting official official promotional material on TikTok. Um, and she did, um, but her official promotional materials TikTok was quickly overtaken when fans found out that she had a side TikTok that's mostly posting food and cooking videos, um, and that one got way more popular than any of the, like, promotional stuff ever did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's an excellent fun fact. And speaking of things that are excellent, James, you've been a great guest. Would you like to plug any pluggables? Just uh, anything you'd like to say at the end to check out? I have nothing I want to plug of mine. I'm a ghost on the internet except for my memes. Uh, but uh, my roommate and my best friend, I like to plug their podcast. It's called, just called the Wrestling Hodgepodge on Spotify and anywhere else you can find a podcast. Um, and, and they're just talking about two. They're more technically minded than I am. Like I said, one of them, James Fog. So he goes and by, uh, you know, he knows. I'm not going to say the whole thing. But, yeah, they have a very differing views and they'll just talk for half an hour about what they think about wrestling and stuff like that so yeah the wrestling hodgepodge on spotify and that's all i really want to kind of plug yeah i've given it a few yeah. listens if you just want a short sweet podcast that uh, doesn't waste a lot of time not, not a lot of gaga they've trimmed the fat it's a, it's a good listen 
All right. Well, join thank us you next so week. much for having me, by the way. Yeah, no problem. yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Um, you've been a wonderful guest. Thank uh, you. Uh, my name has been Amber Autumn, she, her. I've been Prince Devin, he, him. And I'm James Pearson. All right. Our theme music is by Kyle Alicia, whose music you can find at therealragnarok.bandcamp.com. Join us next week when Devin, um, having now fully given up on talking about professional wrestling ever again in any Devin? context, um, uh, consigns himself to doing our last final episode of the season where we rank every single OC that we have made over the previous uh, 70-odd episodes. Um, We're just going to be stroking ourselves <laughs> off for two hours and it's going to be awesome, everybody. Tune in for that one. And Let's see how many characters I remember. You're going to remember none of them. But you know what I remember? To say my catchphrase at the end, which is I will do everything with my power to monetize our friendship. That's the goal of having a podcast. <laughs> And I don't have a fun sign-off. Goodbye. Goodbye.